The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In these times of rapid change, chaos, and crisis... A new wave of legendary leaders is rising up to answer their higher calling. Many are not famous nor have followers, though some do. They are brave individuals like you, seeking your highest truth and committed to deep personal change. Welcome to Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling with your host Maria Danley. Here is the innovative support you've been looking for to become the legendary leader you are destined to be. Now, here's Maria Danley. Hello, and welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. I'm your host, Maria Danley, and thank you for being here and joining us today. We have a very unique show today, and I am so excited about it. For those of you who listen regularly to this radio show, you've heard me talk often about Lazarus and Jack Purcell, the man who channels Lazarus, and when I speak about the Merlin Arthur legend and share that with you, That legend that I speak about comes directly from Lazarus as channeled by Jack Purcell. I'm so happy and honored to have Jack Purcell here with us today as our guest on the Legendary Leader radio show. We will focus fully on our conversation with Jack Purcell today to hear more about him, his work with metaphysics, magic, and his relationship with the Merlin Arthur legacy. I discovered Lazarus one afternoon in 1985 when my sister Lisa shared a recording with me called Responsibility and Freedom. I didn't know at the time that hearing this recording would radically shift the direction of my life. Up to that point, I had religiously done the Course in Miracles, I was meditating regularly, and I had read books about Seth, an entity channeled by Jane Roberts, so I was very familiar with the concept of channeling. I was working at the time as a rebirther, supporting my clients in breathing sessions to help them release past trauma, and after our sessions, I would give affirmations to my clients to help them rewire past programming in their brains that they'd picked up in childhood. However, I felt that something was missing for me. The rebirthing, the meditations and affirmations were not going as deeply as I wanted. Affirmations didn't seem to get to the root of the issues to my clients' issues, nor mine. And I knew there must be a more profound way to get to the core of transformation and not just be skating on the surface of things. When I heard what Lazarus was saying on the Responsibility and Freedom recording back in 1985, I heard how true the information was and how it was going deeper than anything I'd ever heard before. A part of me knew that I was home. 
I knew that I wanted to take deeper responsibility for my life. I then went on a quest to listen to all of the recordings and do the homework that Lazara suggested. And as I did, I felt the restrictions and impediments that I had been holding for onto for so long were starting to melt away. Over the years, over three decades, my passion for Lazarus, my passion for studying metaphysics has become an integral part of my life work. And for those of you who wonder how I know what I know or where my wisdom comes from, I would say fully from my work with Lazarus and the deep work that I've done. I'm still going deeper with that work today, finding more love, magic, and miracles. We are so fortunate to have Jack with us today. You know, he doesn't do many interviews, so this is really an honor for all of us that he is here with us today. Let me tell you a bit about his background. Jack Purcell was born in Wisconsin. He grew up in the Midwest and graduated from the University of Michigan, which is in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Jack used to work as a regional supervisor for a national insurance company while in his mid-twenties. And then in October of 1974, he spontaneously began channeling the non-physical entity Lazarus. And now, 40 years later, he continues to channel Lazarus, who has produced several books and hundreds of audio and video recordings. Jack Purcell has been CEO and president of Concept Synergy, Inc. and Isis Rising, Inc. He is a resident of Santa Barbara, California, and Cali, Colombia. He's married to Enrique Dominguez, and we're so happy to have you with us, Jack. Hello, and welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you, and it's great to be here, Maria. Thank you. I like your phrase, love love magic and miracles, absolutely. Love magic and miracles. Well, what a fascinating life you've had, and um, so many of us are grateful that you do channel Lazarus, and here you went from... Uh, working in a national insurance company to spontaneously channeling. What, tell me what that was like. <laughs> well, it was very, it was, it's a lot of years ago, 40, 40, almost 40 plus years ago now. Um, yeah, I, it wasn't quite, it was spontaneous, yes. And, and, and it was interesting because I had taken a uh, course, uh, Silver Mind Control at the time, which was, you know, a, 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 a double weekend course on, on meditation. At the time I was married and, and my wife Penny, uh, had read an article about, uh, this, this coursework and, and wanted to go and, and so yeah, go ahead, go ahead, you go, uh, with a girlfriend and, and they went to the first weekend and, and then she came home and said, oh, I want you to come and drag me there. Kind of a typical wife drags her husband to, uh, you know, a <laughs> metaphysical workshop, uh, kind of classic, uh, energy. So I went and I found that, that it's very fascinating and, and I learned to meditate. And, and, uh, that's the first time I ever got involved in any of that sort of thing. That was in 1972. Mm. And, and, uh, and things just, you know, I would meditate with some kind of regularity, often thinking I was falling asleep. And, and then it happened in October of, of 1974 that, you know, I, I thought after dinner, okay, I'll do a meditation. And I thought I fell asleep. And, uh, instead, I obviously went into some altered state that uh, was unconscious to me, but very conscious. Uh, and, and, uh, that's when Lazarus started coming through. And, and for a long time, for a long time, several months, it was like, okay, I'll do this meditation thing and, and whatever. You know, for me, it was like sleeping. And, and then I, they made a recording and I listened to the first recording, which really kind of freaked me out in terms of what in the world 
is this. And uh, yeah, there was several months more with uh, talking to various therapists and things like this of what kind of weird stuff is happening to me. Um, yeah, I'd heard of Jane Roberts as well. I'd heard of, of Edgar Casey. Hadn't really caught my attention. Hadn't really ca- captured my, my imagination. Uh, it was like, okay, you do that. You know, you, you go ahead and read your fun books and learn about that stuff. Um, and, uh, but it started happening to me, so it was very weird at first. But after uh, working with a number of, of, of uh, therapists to see, is this my alter ego? Is this some kind of uh, you know, psychotic break or, or weirdness or whatever? Uh, you know, realizing, no, it wasn't. You know, and you mentioned that in 1985, listening to a tape, something happened and you knew you were, quote, coming home. Mm-hmm. Something like that happened to me also. I can't remember exactly the year. I think it was like about, uh, well, probably, uh, 1976, a couple years in, uh, of this happening. And, and I was channeling for, for Penny, my wife at the time. I was channeling for, you know, close friends and, and, and things like this. But I, uh, one night I couldn't sleep. And, and so I got up and I, I put in one of the recordings that had been made. And I was laying on the living room floor listening to this recording. And Lazarus was talking about, of all things, 1939 and the influence of several different things that were happening in that particular year. And, and all of a sudden, it just, I just got it, that, that there was just the energy. For me, it was an energy of love that was coming through, not in the words that he was saying, but between the words mm-hmm. or behind the words, a level of passion, a level of compassion, a level of caring. And it's just like it was, uh, I say it's a level of love that I realized was not me. And it was something other. And that's when it really, I mean, therapists had said, no, everything's normal, blah, blah, blah. But it was at that moment that it touched me in such a way that it just came home that I realized, okay, yeah, I get this, what this, what's happening, and that I am a channel for this particular energy. And, you know, like, why me and all that sort of stuff? I just set that aside. Didn't matter. <laughs> it was just happening, and, and it just kind of came home to me that I knew this is what I was, uh, what I was supposed to be doing, and this was something far beyond me that I couldn't really comprehend. So I stopped trying to fully comprehend it and just started to flow with it and, and realized this is a great learning opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. And if sharing it with others, if it becomes a learning opportunity for others, fantastic. And, and that's kind of how it all finally fitted together uh, such that I came to peace with it. And it's been ever since and, and uh, a tremendous joy. Well, how beautiful. No small thing. You just set your life aside and said, oh, I'm going to do this. And I remember those days, Jack, you know, many, there were many channels out there and I remember hearing many of them. And I can say that, uh, and all these years later, I can still say that hearing Lazarus speak was a feeling there's no ego, there is love, and there's no let's say manipulations. I can remember the old days with a lot of channels and it seemed that ego was present in a number of things, but something about Lazarus was just, uh, felt like, wow, this is a depth of truth I I'm, I resonate with. It's very beautiful. Yeah. I understand what you mean. And, and when you say that, I remember way back early on, something Lazarus said uh, that, 
you know, that I should remember, and that is that I still take out the garbage in terms of <laughs> you know, living a normal life and doing the normal things. That just because I'm channeling doesn't give me any special privileges. Yeah, you know, I'm still a human being. I still take out the garbage. Uh, you know, when it's time to do that, you know, I don't get you know people to serve me and uh, you know all this sort of thing so yeah that kind of phrase remember you still take out the garbage is you know, kind of the catchphrase of yeah you know keep it real <laughs> keep it real well, so i understand what you mean and at that time it was really a circus back in yeah. the mid 80s into the 90s of you know uh, all kinds of uh, channeling activity some of it very beautiful some of it kind of strange and weird and uh, yeah, so I understand what you mean. Well, you've said, too, to all of us, Jack, that before you go into meditation, you have to remind yourself, um, and you actually deal with your ego every single time. I mean, thank you for the work you do to make this all happen, and uh, I, I don't know if there's anything more to say about that, but you're such a clear channel. Ah, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that, that's important to me, you know, yeah. in terms of, yeah, I look at it in terms of people, what do you, you know, I have a lot of friends that, that are very involved in metaphysics. I have other friends who aren't. Uh, and it's like, for me, it's like, hey, you know, I want to uh, have friendships with people who, who, quote, get what's happening with Lazarus and friendships with those who don't. Uh, and, and it's fine to me, uh, you know, either way. I don't need anybody to accept or to, to go along with. I just know I need to be as clear as I can be. And and uh, as long as I can do that, then I, I can feel good about what I do. And and it is uh, you know before every workshop, I like to spend quiet time, you know, and and I deal with my inner child, I deal with ego and and things like this because uh, you know it's like I feel I feel a responsibility to people, but I feel uh, it's like uh, I don't know saying it this way, but I feel a responsibility to Lazarus mm-hmm. to be as much out of the way as I possibly can be, because I don't want to interfere, and, or I don't want to color or in any way have you know, that kind of impact on what, his energy and what I call him, him you know, uh, yeah. just because it's easier for me to relate to that as a, as a male energy. But uh, you know, to, I, I just feel a, a sense of responsibility to, hey, I want to get as clear, as uh, out of the way as much as I possibly can, uh, so as not interfere with whatever you're trying to, trying to do, trying to accomplish, and, and it feels good that, that, that to work that way. Absolutely beautiful. We know it's a leap for many of you folks out there. Many of you do know about channeling, and some of you, for some of you, it may be, well, what's that? That's pretty weird. But for those of you who can understand, it isn't as if the, this uh, entity or, or Lazarus is in coming into his body and all of that is coming through. And this is information that is flowing, love that is flowing, energy that's flowing, and Jack does it impeccably. Uh, Jack, how do you describe metaphysics to people when they ask, what is metaphysics? How would you describe it? Well, you know, oh, man, how to describe it. What I talk about in terms of what is metaphysics, just the basic words of meta, meaning between, physics, the physical. And, and to me, it's, uh, I look at it in terms of metaphysics is the exploration of that which is between the physical things of our reality. It's, a, it's kind of the exploration of the space you know, and science tells us that our reality is mostly space, but it's the exploration of the space between the tangibles of our life. And 
what that means to me and what I talk about when I talk to other people is what's that space about? That space is about the thoughts we think and the feelings that we feel and the combination of thought and feeling are emotions. And so, you know, I mean, we often think emotions are just feelings, uh, but our emotions are actually a combination of thought and feeling. You can't have one without the other. You hear people say, oh, get out of your head, just feel, just feel. I don't know that you can just feel uh, without having thoughts behind it. And likewise, I think people, oh, you're just too much in your head. Yeah, people can be too much in their head, but if they stop and look between the many thoughts they have, there are emotions. And I think, in fact, it would be impossible to think without also feeling. And I think it's impossible to feel without also thinking. Now, we can ignore. Yeah, we can think and ignore our feelings, and we can feel and ignore our thoughts. But I don't think they really... I don't think they're gone just because we ignore them. And so I think what metaphysics is, is, okay, if I'm thinking... I need to stop and look what's between, what is between those thoughts, the feelings. And if I'm feeling, I need to look and see what's between those feelings, the thoughts, with the idea of bringing forth and being conscious of the between, being conscious of that which lies beyond the physical things that happen, my emotions, and what lies beyond the thoughts I'm thinking or beyond the feelings I'm feeling. And, and to work with, with understanding, understanding that. And, and, you know, that's part of it. The other part of what I think metaphysics is about and the study of metaphysics is, comes down to the, the very concept that we are consciously creating our own reality. And, and it's like and something Rosaris talks about in terms of, like, everybody's doing that, but we pretend we're not, and, and, <laughs> and we... We are taught that, no, it's just happening to us. You know, reality is whatever cards are dealt, whatever, whatever life we have. And, and uh, you know, trying to figure out, is it, you know, is it, uh, is it environmental? Is it, is it uh, the genetic? Is it this and that and the other? But what it really comes down to, ultimately, is that it's all very conscious. You know, we consciously are creating this reality. We're consciously changing our reality uh, to, to fit our, uh, our will, our imagination, our love of, of what we, we hold. And, and the thing is, we, we pretend we're not or we believe that we're not conscious and, and we go unconscious about it. But, you know, but when we can look between and we can look you know, beyond the, the obvious, we can discover, yeah, this is something that we are consciously doing, and we can become more conscious, and that's where the power lies. And when we can be, you know, accept and really work with that we are consciously creating this reality, then we can consciously change our reality, our experience, our world. And that's what magic's all about. That's what the magic of, of all about, which is, I think, you know, the, at the core of what metaphysics is, is, is the study of the between of, of reality to discover the magic. Do I maybe said, better said, to study the between of reality to discover the mystery. Mm. Because it's in the mystery 
that one finds both power and magic. And I think that's at the core of every religion, every religion that's out there. It's about the mystery. You know, Christian mm-hmm. religion is about the mystery of, 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 of the, the religion. And, you know, Jewish faith as well, it's all about the mystery. And Islamic, you know, the genuine Islamic faith, and, and Hindu and Buddhism and, and, and all the other various names, labels that are given to, to religious expression, to expressions of one's relationship with the divine. You know, the core of it is the mystery. Because it's in the mystery that the magic is found. It's in the mystery that the power is found. So I think what metaphysics is, is looking between and looking for the mystery and within the mystery to discover the power and the magic. Mm. And uh, try to put it as simply as I can. That's what I think metaphysics is about. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. I I know one... there's so many threads in studying the, the Lazarus material, but this idea that I am personally responsible not only for my thoughts and feelings, it doesn't mean that I try to dominate or control them, but my feelings aren't happening to me. They are something, or you just made me feel this way, Jack, it's not, not you. It's something that I, in a sense, can feel and own and be responsible for, and they can shift as I let myself feel my feelings, and I can also... I think this idea of personal ownership, I guess that's where I'm going with this, that personal ownership and responsibility for impact, that's something that was really radically new for me when I first heard that and then started to actually take that in and learn it. And um, I've I've watched you and tell us how does metaphysics, thank you for the definition, and in terms of your being dedicated to the the metaphysics, how how has it transformed your life? I know it's not a small question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has transformed it. Amazingly, and and uh, I, I don't know how to put how to put words to uh, it. It's just I guess what I look at is in terms of my life. I want to use the word fascinating, mm-hmm. and and what I mean is I don't mean to say my life's fascinating. What I mean to say is I am fascinated by my life. I find my life very interesting in terms of the thoughts I think, the feelings I have, uh, the the things that interest me, uh, the conversations that I have with people, um, you know, the the creativity that I'm I'm discovering more and more that I'm exploring, and and uh, you know, I just find it fascinating to me, you know, and and made maybe. Yeah, somebody else living my life might find it very, very un- not very fascinating at all, but I find my life very fascinating. And I think that's something that, you know, living my metaphysics has done. Um, you know, I'm, uh, for me, that was, I look at it in terms of, okay, you know, growing up, you know, high school, <laughs> elementary school, whatever, high school, going on to college, you know, with college plans, you know, I look back and see, wow. That would that would have been a very boring life for me. I would have not been very happy. Uh, and and the turn of events that that opened up to to you know metaphysics opened up to channeling and and, and metaphysics and and exploring this this realm. Uh, you know now I find my life very fascinating. I travel a lot, which I love doing. And and first of all with work, but also just on my own. I I love you know. Interacting with people, uh, sitting down and talking one to one, or one to three or four people, 
I love working magic. I love, you know, people asking for help with this or that or the other or, or finding out what people are working on and, and okay, let me, let me get involved in that and help you with that one. And, and, you know, I love doing that. And I just find, you know, what I do in, in terms of, of my life, to me, it's fascinating and, and intriguing. And I think that's what, what metaphysics has done for me. It has given me a perspective of understanding my reality and, and the world around me as a, as a very intricate, very complex illusion. And I, when I say illusion, I don't mean uh, unimportant. It's, it's a very important illusion. Uh, but it's, uh, I guess maybe it's a, a, the, a, the flexibility, the flexibility of reality, the elasticity might be the word that I want to use, the elasticity of reality. Uh, and the elasticity of my reality is what I find fascinating for me. And, and I think, you know, putting it in one word, that's what metaphysics has done. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I like my life. I like who mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. I like my life, and I like the, the things that I explore and the risks that I'm willing to take. Uh, the risk, I think, that, yeah, I'm willing to be wrong. Yeah, I'm willing to mm-hmm. make mistakes. Uh, yeah, and I have with, you know, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, and whoops, no, I don't. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and it's like, that's okay. I, you know, I, I was a kid growing up. Oh, I have to be perfect, have to be perfect. And, and I've come to realize, no, I can make mistakes because I can change the reality. I can, you know, I can own the mistake that I'm, I'm the one who made it, and, and I can figure out how and why and what was going on that, that generated that mistake, and, and I can change those things so as to, you know, correct. And, and uh, you know, and often those mistakes have, have actually taught me a lot <laughs> and in terms of finding the right course. So, yeah, and that's also part of the fascination. You know, for example, right now, you know, we're living in Santa Barbara. We also live in, in Colombia uh, uh, part-time. I have an apartment there. I absolutely love Colombia. I love the land. I love the people. I love the residents there. love it here, too. It's not that. But, you know, we're going to go uh, in the, this year and, and we're going to spend six months uh, living there just to see what that's like. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think it could be wonderful. And with an idea of in the years to come, you know, spending more and more time, six, seven, eight months uh, a year in Colombia. Maybe mm-hmm. that won't work. Maybe that won't be uh, what, what works, but I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to make that mistake uh, because I know if it is a mistake, I can, I can work my magic and, and, that, and work my metaphysics, work my magic and change it. So that's part of what it is. It's the fascination and the willingness to, to risk uh, new things. And that, that, and, and that, I think, is a lot of what metaphysics gave me. Um, yeah, I think that's how I'd want to answer that. <laughs> so beautiful, Jack. And for all of you out there who might feel that you're stuck or imprisoned in your lives in some form or another, or just know that the life you're living is over and it's time for a change, Lazarus often talks about new beginnings and second chances. We're really in the mid-time of life, even though if we're in our 50s and 60s, we've got time for a whole new life. And how inspiring, Jack. You, you're inspiring everyone out there, including me, how to take that risk, try this thing, try that. You can always turn it around. 
And for those of you out there also, we talk so often about this library of information, Lazarus material, by going to Lazarus.com. I say to all of my clients and everyone I talk to, what a deal, $25 a month. You have access to all of this wonderful information. You can find and have meditations and completely transform your lives. So I, I say that now as well. But Jack, this is, this is so exciting um, to hear you talk about it and watch you and the success that you uh, you experience and the life that you're living is so beautiful. Um, I'm so grateful to you for the metaphysics that you've brought through and your your willingness and ability to keep showing up and being responsible and staying on track for all of us who, who really love learning through you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, when I started this show, the whole the whole idea was I have this passion for Mer- the Merlin Arthur legacy yeah. that uh, that we heard. Those of us so lucky to go to these workshops to hear Lazarus actually talk about Merlin and Arthur, a version of the the legend I'd never heard anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And you could hear a pin drop with people just riveted by hearing Lazarus talk yeah. about the legend. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about it. Well, I tell you, yeah, it's it's fascinating to me when Lazar. I think it was back in the nineties, late ninety seven, ninety eight, and something like that. Lazar's first a workshop on on Merlin and Arthur, and I'm thinking, what? You know, where does how does this fit in and things like this? Uh, because that's a legend, you know, it's a myth, it's uh, you know this sort of thing. But you know, in learning about it, yeah, it is a legend, and, and that's its power. Uh, far more than if it were a literal reality. Uh, it, 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 it is an incredible legend. It's an incredible myth in, in the, the true sense, the true meaning of what a myth is. Uh, and and it's, it's one of the most powerful and most beautiful ones that's out there. And, and uh, you know, Lazarus' version, as he talks about it, um, you know, incorporates a, a lot of, of you know, what's, out there within the consensus reality, much of the story of you know Arthur and the you know and the sword and the stone and becoming you know setting up the round table and the knights and the you know all of this sort of thing, um, and in fact what's happened with the original story, the original legend and myth, you know, got changed in in the, the in the. Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember when, but yeah, with uh, with adding the romance of of Lancelot and the affair between Lancelot and, mm-hmm. and Guinevere, but you know, even with those uh, alterations that happened uh, to the myth, it it's still part of the, part of the myth. It's still part of the lyrical ritual of how to live your life, which I, I think is what what the the beauty, one of the beauties, one of the many beauties of of the particular legend is is the fact that it's 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 this wonderful lyrical ritual, this wonderful song, this wonderful dance, uh, in in the more esoteric meaning of those two words, uh, of of teaching someone how to how to live life uh, to the fullest, to the, uh, a fuller degree. Yeah, you talk about you know people feeling stuck and people feeling like the, the life's over and whatever. Yeah, life <laughs> begins again at sixty, I think, and and mm-hmm. it's like you know particularly with the time of the double, soul of the double. But you know the, the legend, it it, it it seems to me that that's the time to really pick it up. That's the time to really start working with with the energies within ourselves uh, of, of, of the legend in terms of what it's teaching. You know, for example, there's, you know, with the story of Arthur's birth and, and how Merlin 
you know, takes Arthur and, and takes him to the country, and then he's, you know, and, and he, uh, uh, Merlin is the mentor, uh, and Arthur the protege, uh, protege, so to speak. And, and, and the way in which, you know, Arthur is taught, you know, in, in terms of the, and, and, and the progression of the knights, ultimately, once he's king, the knights that he gathers, you know, and, and uh, the progression, the, pr- the process of, of gathering the various knights, and, and the order in which the knights come. You know, the first knight, for example, uh, that, that is, is, is found is the knight of honor. And, and then comes loyalty, and then comes nobility. And only then, after loyalty and nobility, comes virtue or strength. And, and, and uh, you know, that ordering, first to be honorable, and then to be loyal. And out of that, to reach for the ideal, the noble. And only then, once you have a sense of that, now it's time to develop your strength. Because I think that gives a purity to one's strength. The strength that emerges out of honor, loyalty, and nobility, rather than strength that just emerges out of physical brawn or, or, or uh, the, the momentary thought, etc. Yeah, and so, you know, the, 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 the energies come, the nights come in a particular order, uh, which is, you know, the way to learn, the way to learn to be, quote, a human being, a way to, to learn to be a full and, and a beautiful human being and to live a life that is full and beautiful. And then, you know, then there's the whole energy of the round, which is, is, is taking away hierarchy, Mm. Yeah, you know, that the, the table they sit at is not rectangular. It's not rectangular. It's round, so that it's not like these people are better than those people or higher in the hierarchy. There's that the sense of community, the sense of coming together as community, and and the knights sit around Arthur in a particular order, and and that order is is also I think really important in terms of. The development of community, the development of the individual community. Uh, you know, that's kind of a strange term, I think. But the idea here, we think of community as a bunch of people getting together. Yeah, that's community, certainly so. Uh, yeah, the tangible communities, uh, towns, villages, cities, states, etc. Uh, people, individuals coming together. But I think we also have in ourselves, within the diversity of self, the community, you know, there's the community of Maria, you know, made up of your, your, your child, your adolescent, your, your, uh, your young adult, your, your uh, spiritual adult, uh, made up of the innocence within you, made up of the wisdom within you, made up of the various aspects of you. There's all these aspects of self, you know, from, from ego to the, you know, to the protecting self, to the dream stealers and, 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 uh, and, and even the truer self all part of the community that is Maria. And I, there's a community of Jack. And there's a community of each of us as individuals. We're diverse. We're complex. And, and so when I think of you know, the, the way the knights come together, you know, in terms of, of you know, the ordering, the first is courage. The first knight to sit you know, to, the, to the left of, of Arthur in the round is the knight of courage. And, and then comes loyalty. Then comes virtue, the strength, you know, followed by that sense of, of authority or the sense of, of, of empowerment that leads to service and ultimately to, to a sense of nobility. And it's like 
to de- for me to develop myself and for you to develop yourself and for each of us to develop ourselves, it begins with having the courage, being willing to be daring, being willing to risk, being willing to make mistakes, being willing to be wrong as we pursue what's right in our life. And, and, and then we need to be loyal to ourselves, honest and loyal to ourselves, and, and have a sense of our own strength, to know our strength, our virtue, you know, which is, is, is basically our strengths and our principles. And, and once we have that sense of courage, loyalty, and, and, and virtue, then we can find the empowerment. Then we can find the permission to truly be powerful, and, and out of that permission, then we can give. Then we can give to other people and genuinely help other people you know, and have a sense of this nobility or a sense of vision of where we really want to go. And it's like, so you look at, at what I look at with the legend is, okay, how do I learn to be myself? And I learn by following the progression, the order in which the knights appear. And then how do I pull myself together as community, and how do I relate to other people to build a sense of connection, to build a sense of community? And in myself and with other people, I look to the order in which the, uh, the, the, the placement, where the knights sit in that round, around Arthur and things like that. And, and to me... That's where lies the power. That's what the legend is trying to talk about in terms of you know, how to be a person and how to be a community, how to work together. And you know, what they did in the, in the legend is they're creating the round, you know, and, and the, you know, the men and the women of, of, the, of the round, and they created Camelot. You know, they created Camelot, a dominion. Not a perfect world, but a beautiful world. And it's like, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to be the person I am and, and find, you know, myself in, in the sense of my honor, loyalty, nobility, my virtue, my generosity, my truth. And I want to also then give that to the world through the community of Jack and the community of my friends, the community of others involved in metaphysics in whatever way. And, you know, and I do that through the courage, loyalty, virtue, etc. And in that, I can create not a perfect reality, but a beautiful reality, or a fascinating, and I like that word, fascinating reality. And I think that's what the legend's trying to say, on that level, on that level. And so, you know, that's how I relate to it. That's how I continue to work with it, uh, even though, you know, it's not something that Lazarus has talked about for several years. But I also know <laughs> that next year, uh, which is the year of co-creation, major, major energy, Lazarus is planning to uh, work with a, 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 a workshop. Um, oh, my. <laughs> do another workshop on the, on the Merlin Arthur legacy. And next year, it's going to be, he's going to put it together with, there'll be one day, of just kind of review for, for, the, for those that have done the work before and want to reconnect. And for those who haven't, 
you know, those who've come to Lazarus but you know didn't didn't get to the workshop in, in 1998 or whatever, you know, here's a day of review to to basically go over the the fundamentals of the legend so that everybody can be you know brought up to speed. Then to jump into okay, now where do you go from here to use that legend as we work in community in the co-creating of what a Camelot a metaphor for a more beautiful world, uh, uh, for a new world, not just a better one, but a new one. And you know, it, it's, I think it's all part of that progression. So it, it definitely next year there's going to be a workshop on, on the, uh, I don't know what it's going to be called or exactly what's involved yet, but it's going to be there on the, the Arthur, the Merlin Arthur legacy, uh, Merlin Arthur myth. And I still work with it. Yeah. I, I'm so excited to hear there's going to be another workshop. You know how passionate I am about this. And uh, yeah. I, I'm thrilled to hear that, Jack. That's going to be wonderful for all the people who love to come. And for all of you, we'll have a chance to go to this workshop. And we'll certainly be promote, promoting it. That uh, Come out, come along. We'll all have fun going into the legend. And it's something to have, a, to have a personal relationship, your own relationship with Merlin, your own relationship with Arthur. And, and the audience doesn't really, many of the folks out there don't really know as much about the legend as you so beautifully laid out here for them. But that's what it is. There's an order in which Merlin teaches Arthur these 12 qualities of chivalry, and there's a reason for each of them. One builds upon the next. And because Arthur has embodied them and learns them so well, he becomes whole within himself. And as a, and as a reflection, he now can create a whole community as not only in Camelot, but a uniting of, of England. But it's fascinating that out of the battles, each one of the knights that does emerge is centered around each one of these qualities. So they, they, some of the folks out there don't know that, that each knight actually is the knight of that particular quality, as Jack is talking about. So I get so inspired, not only because of, uh, well, there's no not about it. I love the, the love between Merlin and Arthur. Their love is so pure. It's a map of what love can really be like, and it gives us hope for the future. And then these qualities of chivalry, of course, I get thrilled at the thought, how can leaders of the future, leaders that are coming, have these, embody these qualities of character that are so needed for the leaders of the future? And we don't see it too much in the world and our leaders right now as we go through this time of disillusionment, yes, but also uh, dissolving where we're moving from one world into another. Any thoughts on that about character and leadership of the future? What do you think, Jack? Well, yeah, the thing is that I look at here is like, man, there's just this lack of leadership, you know? There's yeah. this lack of leadership and there's lack of vision. You know, I look at, at the American policy and things like this, and, and it's yeah. like, man, there has not been a, a sense. What's, a, what's the American foreign policy? Woo. Who knows? It seems to be moment for moment. There's a lack of vision there. You look at the leadership. You, you know, you look at, at, you know, I mean, there's this person or that person, you know, that, that, but uh, the working together, how Congress isn't you know, mm-hmm. working and, and the lack of leadership there, not only among the leaders of those that are designated as majority or minority, you know, whips and leaders and, and this sort of thing, but just among the whole body of, of, of congressmen, etc. Man, there's a lack of leadership. You know, you look at, at other countries, you know, and you see it there as well. It's not just in our country. It's easier for, for me as an American to see it close to home. But I'm, you know, being living in Colombia, living in South America, uh, you know, and, and seeing it in Venezuela. Yeah, you know, the, the lack of 
leadership. So fascinating, the metaphor. You know, the president of Venezuela's name is Maduro. And, and uh, Maduro, there's a Spanish word for maturity. <laughs> but it's a total lack, <laughs> a total lack of maturity there. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and you know, in Venezuela, uh, but in Colombia as well, uh, you know, there's the, 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 the lack of leadership. So I look at it and say, wait a minute now. Who's creating my reality? <laughs> you know, that's me. I'm creating my reality. Yeah. And what I'm looking at is what am I creating this world with? I'm so, so aware of the lack of leadership. And I realize, well, maybe I should look at my own <laughs> leadership. You know, it starts with me. It starts with me. And not that, yeah, I can individually change everything in the world, but it's like as I start looking at and taking responsibility for my leadership, how can I be a better leader in, of myself? How can I be a better leader in terms of the people that I interact with and, and work with? And, and here again now, you know, to talking a bit about the, the Merlin and Arthur legacy, I think therein lies, you know, can be not the only answer, but an answer that as I, as I work with my night, you know, which one of those 12 is my night and what I can bring to it. But that's where I look at it in terms of, okay, the way we can change the leadership in the world to bring these qualities that would reflect in, in the various leaders that we elect or the various leaders that other countries elect is by developing them in ourselves. And, and I don't think it happens overnight. It's not like, well, if I become more honorable, all of a sudden the leaders are going to become honorable, or if I become more courageous that they are. But as I develop my sense of leadership, and again, I look at it in terms of as I create the round of myself, the community of me, where you know, I'm willing to be courageous, willing to risk, well, I'm willing to be wrong, in, in, in order to find what's right, as I'm loyal to me, honest with myself. That's what loyalty is about, being at times brutally honest, at times tough love, but whatever in terms of really being loyal to me and, and who I am, not to my ego only, not only to the lesser in me, but to be truly loyal to the fullness of who I am and to own my strength, to admit, hey, I'm a powerful magician. I can make things happen in my reality. I can work magic. You know, I can be more loving. I can be more giving. I can be more willing to receive the bounty of life. I have a tremendous amount, and I have permission. I give myself that permission to be powerful, to be more of who I am, to help people, to give to people, to those that I love and care about, to have a sense of vision, to have a sense of vision, to have something, an ideal that I'm reaching for, knowing I'll never get there, but that I'll be a better person for having strived for that. I can have the humility. I can have the humility and the grace of generosity, and I can, I can open up to and own my own, my own truth. You know, not the, the, the shabby little, you know, whatever I think is truth, but the genuineness of what is my truth, you know, and, and be courteous with that. And be caring and sharing with that and honorable once again. And, and in that, finding that heroic voice, the yeah. heroic voice within myself. And, and, and that's, I think, where the leadership can come. And as I can hold those energies, I lead myself and I can have impact on other people in a way of, of awakening that in them. And, and I think as that happens... It's going to start reflecting back to various people out there in the world. That can sound very idealistic, but why not be idealistic? 
why not reach for that ideal? Even if we don't fully get there, we will be better, and our world will be better for having tried. So I think that's the way we work with it in terms of of, of that energy. And what I look at, I began this talk with, uh, I'm fascinated by the life I'm living. Yeah, I think that's what what it is. My world is getting very, very new. My world is getting very, very new now as I'm cutting back on workshops, opening up more to my other, other expressions of my creativity, of doing more of the things that my soul is, has been wanting me to do. My world is becoming very new. And a lot of my friends, I know yours is, and, and other people around, their world is becoming new. And it's like as individuals have their reality becoming new, not just better of what it was, but becoming new. That leads to the whole world becoming a new world. So I think it starts there with leadership, and it starts there with uh, making my world fascinating, making my world new, and and helping other people make their worlds new, mm. which I think is part of what this show is all about, and what you're trying to do, you know, with this uh, with, with talking to people. Well, absolutely. We only we only have a few minutes left. Oh gosh, Jack, I could talk. To, I would love to talk to you for a very long time. I will say this: you know, the idea came when Lazarus had said, decades from now, decades from now, when the future really is in a place of, uh, let's say, of great healing, of more magic and miracles, the new world really is more present. Those people will look back. Who were the people in, during this time right now that were actually doing that inner work of integration, finding these gorgeous qualities that Jack has so beautifully described to us? And they did that finding the truth. They were honest with themselves. They knew it was about cleaning up their own lens, taking that personal responsibility. You are the heroes. And that's why I did say these are the legendary leaders. They may not feel like it. They're at home. They're probably in their stuff a lot of the time. But they're cleaning up their lens and making a tremendous difference in the future. And with just that, um, well, I guess, I don't know if we have much time, but any, yeah, I guess we don't have much time. I was going to say, do you have a last word for anything to say? You said it nicely. Well, you, you said are it so nicely. Be- That's my last word. You said it beautifully. Thank you. Dear Jack, thank you so much for being on the show. I know that you don't give interviews very often, but what a pleasure. I can feel how you've lifted all of us up to another level of thinking and feeling and being inspired about our lives and the future. And I want to thank you so much for that. And uh, for all of you out there, uh, please go, do go to lazarus.com because there are wonderful workshops coming up. I'm so excited Merlin and Arthur will be again next year. But for now, those of you who are genuinely interested in your studies and now perhaps even more interested in metaphysics, go to that library, lazarus.com. And as I say, it's about $25 a month. You can stream all of these. How big is the library, Jack? Over 300 or? Actually, it's about 400 recordings now. Oh, wow. It's yeah. a lot of gorgeous <laughs> material. On that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's doubled. It's doubled in the last several years. And, wow. uh, yeah. Yeah. You can- you can all go there and just let your eyes wander over the material and, and let your higher self or your soul just point out and you'll see a, a topic pop out and go, ooh, I want to I want to listen to that in my future self or mm, it's time for me to look at my shame, whatever it might be. And uh, what a deal. <laughs> I should say, if I got a deal for you. <laughs> but uh, it's been an honor to have you here. I'm so grateful to you, you and to Lissaris. Thank you so much for being here. And um, I I hope you'll have, I mean, your journey's so wonderful going off to Columbia and, and doing so many beautiful things. Again, thank you, Jack. You are very welcome. It's been great fun. 
Thank you. And to all of you out there, I know that we're, we're wrapping up. That's about just all the time that we have left here today. So thank you all for listening. I know many, many people out there are going to want to hear this uh, recording today. It's a very special recording. And pass it along to your friends. You might have friends out there that would love a little hope in their lives and maybe a vision of something greater coming. This would be the call to share with them today. And I'm honored to help all of you and to be here to support you on your journey. And again, um, if you are interested in, in, in the channeling that I do to talk to your higher self, you can always go to mariadanley.com and, and, book, and book a private reading with me. And uh, do take advantage of that 10% discount by using the word legendary in the coupon box and, and you can get 10% off a reading with me. Well, that we are coming to a close here. I am so proud to have not only had Jack here today and to be inspired once again, you're all getting a taste. When Jack did it so beautifully today, you're getting a taste of more of the depth, the profound beauty of the Merlin Arthur legend. I know I'm going at a snail's pace there, giving you little drips and drabs there. We've only gotten up to loyalty in the second uh, quality of chivalry, but it is going to be surprising to you as you discover these qualities in yourself and you grow that legendary leader within. So for all of you, I thank you so much for listening today to Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. It really is an honor for me to support all of you unsung heroes on your journey to become the legendary leaders that you're destined to be. And until next week, I send you my love and best wishes. Love you and thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for Legendary Leaders. Maria Danley invites you to join her for another inspiring show next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Have a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.